0: Hello, I'm Ruth Blakely. And I'm Caroline Schwabi. And you're listening to Experience Wine. Canada produces a lot of wine. So, for example, there is beautiful sparkling wine in Nova Scotia. Spectacular.
1: You know, which... It's not the first place you think of when you think about Canadian wines, but I, I, that's really exciting to hear that. Well, the, the
0: soil is very similar to Champagne and to parts of England where they're growing beautiful sparkling wine in the south of England. And the, and the climate is not dissimilar. It's a little colder. Um, so I have a lot of respect for the winemakers that are producing such gorgeous wine. Quebec also produces wine. Most of it stays in the province. Ontario has three wine regions. Many people know about the Niagara region. Um, Niagara became very famous for its ice wine. It also produces some beautiful Riesling. Uh, It produces a lot of Cabernet Franc as a red wine. There's a lot of really interesting things about Niagara, so we'll talk about that on another podcast. Yeah, what are the other two regions? I didn't even know. Prince Edward County, and Prince Edward County is kind of the hot kid on the block, as far as Canadian wine goes, uh, uh, right I was now. lying. I didn't know about Prince You just forgot. You didn't <laughs> know forgot. that <laughs> you knew. Uh, Norman Hardy certainly gets an awful lot of attention from there, and also there is an area called Lake Erie North Shore, okay. and it used to be called Point Pelee, but everybody always confused it with the wine and Pelee Island. Right. So Lake Erie North Shore includes Pelee Island, which is the most southerly point in Canada, which is actually further south than Northern California. No, wow. Not a lot of people realize that. Even in, cool. British, even in British Columbia, aside from the Okanagan. So um, anybody that lives in Western Canada knows about the Okanagan Valley. If you live in other parts of North America, you may not. Um, in addition to that, there is wine grapes being grown in the lower mainland, with some interesting results, there's some uh, nicely made wine being grown, uh, grapes being grown in on Vancouver Island because the Cowichan Valley, that's got the mountains to protect it, right? There's a little bit of a rain shadow, so it's not yeah. quite as damp.
1: That makes sense. yeah. Uh,
0: but really, and the Similkameen uh, is making some spectacular wine, but the the gem of the Canadian wine industry in BC still has to be the Okanagan.
1: And you've been to the Okanagan, right? Uh, Several times. In fact, uh, Andres' parents live in Vernon, so we go as often as we can to visit. And so we know, like, Vernon pretty well. And Kelowna's just right next door. So, yeah, we've spent some time there, too. And the wineries
0: between Vernon and Kelowna in what is now called Lake Country, those tend to be more focused on grapes that are a cooler climate because the weather's a little bit cooler. Um, so you have, you know, stalwarts like gray monk and they very smartly focus on the grapes that grow well with the vineyards that they have. So lots of germanic varieties. Right. Lovely riesling, good gewurztraminer, vidal, Aaron Feltzer, um, a lot of a lot of varietals that people may not know off the top of their head but they're Really lovely wines. And then as you work your way south, you get to Kelowna, and Kelowna is kind of split into two areas. And we're actually having some wine today from eastern Kelowna. It's actually also south and east. And more, com- more well-known probably is west Kelowna because you have some big players in the Canadian wine game there that do extremely well. Have you been to Mission Hill? We have several times. Everybody's been to (laughs) Mission Hill. It it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful winery. Mm -hmm. Spectacular views. Quail's Gate, you know, there's the the list goes on and on and on. There's some beautiful wine being made in West Colonia. You can go down the highway and you can stop in Peachland at Fitzpatrick and have some bubbles. And then you go down towards Summerland and the Crush Pad guys. And across the lake is Naramata. And there are more than 30
1: wineries. I can't believe it. It's such a tiny little place, but we have visited uh, several wineries there. And so it always surprises me. Um, the ones we've been to are quite small, but we love that. And uh, it surprises me um, that they are so tiny and they make such Gorgeous, gorgeous wine. There's a
0: beautiful microclimate there. As you go further south, you're into Okanagan Falls, some beautiful wine being made in Okanagan Falls. And then as the further south you go, of course, the warmer it gets. And you're still in the Okanagan. And by the time you get down to Soyuz and Oliver. It's hot. It is. That is um, (laughs) hot. It's the north part of the Sonoran Desert. And so what people from other parts of the world may not realize is that in the summer, the temperature will... Reach more than forty degrees C, which I had to look up because I'm a I'm a I'm a metric girl. But that's 104 degrees Fahrenheit, which actually somehow sounds hotter. But oh, I think 40 (laughs) C sounds pretty hot. But a lot of the vineyards are at altitude, so they're up as high as say 1,200 feet, and so it cools at night. Right. And grapes like to be hot in the day and cool at night. And perfect. Perfect. So you have some beautiful, huge red
1: wines there. So people, you know, we didn't taste too many reds. Uh, It's been a while since we visited the wineries in Naramata, but um, I remember it being a little uh, more focused on the whites, uh, at least at that time. So I think I would guess it's probably been 10 years since we've been there. Yeah. So in
0: the north, again, cooler whites, lots of nice acid. In the south, heat No trouble getting big fat grapes to mature. And the number one red grape um, for planting by acre in B.C. is actually Merlot. In the Okanagan, what was the first wine that you remember trying?
1: Uh, I I don't think I remember exactly like which varietal it was. I'm guessing it would have been a Riesling and it probably would have been at Grey Monk. uh, Right. Very shortly after they opened, and I don't know how long they've been opened, probably twenty years. More. Twenty five. Okay. Well, they were it was early
0: on. It was early on. And and they are and they certainly have, have um really led the way in that part of the Okanagan. I remember the first wine from BC I ever had was Kelowna wines, and not oh. spelt like the city, but with a C.
1: <laughs> in that gigantic Bottle for I don't know it ten dollars
0: probably a lot less than that.
1: <laughs> now
0: Kelowna Wine still exists. Yes, um, they still make wine. Yes, they're <laughs> owned by uh, Andrew Peller is the parent company, and they make some spectacular wine. Not the two dollar jug wine that my mom used to drink. So I'm right. um, certainly I believe come that way. might be
1: the only one I've ever tasted from their winery. <laughs> Shamefully, well,
0: you know we'll have to we'll have to start you know
1: broadening that horizon yes, a little bit. definitely.
0: So I hope I've convinced <laughs> people that they should come up, up to visit the Okanagan. Uh, if
1: you live in other parts of Canada, it's a beautiful, warm, sunny... Honestly, it's paradise. It really is. Just the, the rolling hills and the, the, the lakes are just scattered everywhere. Plus, just the best place to go and do an eight-hour wine tour, if that's what you feel like doing. Get somebody else to drive. That's all I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) say. Okay, so let's try some wine. You want to try some wine? I would love to try some wine. What are we having? So we are
0: going to start with a wine from Tantalus. So Tantalus is, um, uh, they're almost a prestige winery. They make extremely good wine. Normally, I would say that they're a prestige winery, except for that we're drinking
1: a real fancy schmancy one later. So, um, w- it, it, I, I d- have not been to Tantalus. Tantalus is beautiful. Uh, yeah, it kind of surprises me that we haven't been there. So, maybe, uh, maybe on our next trip,
0: I think you should make a make an effort to go. So, Tantalus is extremely well known for their their stunning, stunning Riesling. They make stunning Riesling. Beautiful Pinot Noir. Today we are drinking Chardonnay. Yes. Nice. So um, this is something that's called the juveniles. And do you want to take a crack at why it might be called the juveniles? (laughs) I'm guessing they're young grapes. They are young vines. So a lot of times when you're shopping for wine, you'll see old vines or ancient vines. There's not a lot of rules about labeling. But grapes for the first three years don't really produce squat three to seven years they produce grapes but they're not terribly complex mm. and really at about seven years that's when they start producing and they peak between 20 and 40 years after 40 years they start to drop off
1: you know winemakers have to be the most patient people oh it's amazing so honestly It's t- Tantal- a
0: long wait to get your it first. is a long yeah. wait so what tantalus did is they said you know they're not awful grapes they're nice grapes I'm sure. So instead of just, like, throwing them into some bulk wine, they treated them with a lot of respect and care. They didn't over-oak them. They let natural yeast do its thing. So this is a natural wine. And Oh, nice. Right. So they just kind of, they said, we're going to just get out of the way. Just like what the, the yeast that's flying in the air. Absolutely. That's cool. And so what we ended up with was this very
1: pale lemon yellow. It is, it, it's, it's much lighter in color than a typical Chardonnay from, from my experience anyway. And that probably also has to do with the, uh, the neutral barrel. Right, exactly. So we've talked before
0: about how oak import imparts a lot of characters, but it also can really dominate something that's um, a little bit more delicate. So if you smell, it does smell like Chardonnay, but you're getting a lot of lemon and green apple, which isn't necessarily a classic.
1: Definitely green apple. And and not a... T- There's like, something else, though, that I can't identify yet. Maybe just a couple minutes and I'll be able to peg it. Well, I know what I think
0: it is. And I don't have it in my notes anywhere, so maybe it's just me. But we're going to take a sniff. So we're trying it out of the ISO tasting glasses, Are relatively small tulip-shaped. The idea being that every wine is treated the same way in the glass. Cheers. Again, pulling the the wine over uh, with some air over your tongue to get a little bit of air in, which spreads uh, the aroma and the flavors (coughs) around.
1: I inhaled a little bit, sorry, but... Try not to do that. (laughs) Uh, Much brighter uh, and... And very, very fruity. It's, it, it's, it's brighter than uh, most of the Chardonnays I've tried. Or a it, lot of the Chardonnays. Yeah, I've it's tried. fruity
0: and fresh. Mm-hmm. And it would be lovely with a nice salad with some goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting on the patio. You don't have to think about
1: it a whole lot. No, it's very refreshing. And and uh, I like the acidity too. Like it's got a little spunk. You it know. does,
0: It does, and we don't tend to think of acid with Chardonnay, but if you think, again, think that um, Tantalus is really on a parallel with the city of Kelowna, so it's not as far south. They're not getting as much heat. You know, summer comes a little bit later, and fall comes a little bit sooner. It's not a lot, but a little bit, and yeah. and their grapes are famous for their full acid. Yeah, I, um, crisp,
1: almost like a crispness.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it is a it is almost like biting into a granny smith. Yeah. And I think that
1: it's really lovely. And it has quite a nice finish. What I like too is that with all that fruit, uh it doesn't taste there's it doesn't taste sweet at all. No. Like it's it's it actually finishes with like um almost a reminder that this is not it's not sweet. I don't know how to express that right now. I want to say bitter, but it's not bitter. So
0: it's, it's it's full dry. It's fully dry. And and are you getting a little leachy? Because that's oh yeah.
1: Because that
0: you mention it, but I, you know sometimes it's that power of suggestion again. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to tell her that she smells popcorn, and she's going to. i agree. It's there. It's there. I think it's really lovely, and I think it's a terrific value because it's right around twenty bucks. The bad news about the juveniles is that their grapes have now aged. So the vi- oh, I see. <laughs> so the vineyards were planted in 2007 and 2013. <laughs> so they're getting older now. So uh-huh. now, now they're they're doing um, regular bottlings. Sure, and the price is going to come up. Too, and the right? price is going to come up a little yeah. because the the juveniles uh, is really right around 20 bucks.
1: But weren't they smart to do that? And this is it's just a a really really enjoyable. It's lovely drink. Just it 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 be perfect on the patio, just to sip. It's a lovely summer wine. It it really is, and also certainly with any meal that you want to put in front of it. Yeah, no, it'd be lovely with salmon because it's nice
0: and crisp. Mm-hmm. So well done, Tantalus. I'm I'm happy with that, um, and that this is one of my first Chardonnays from them. I love their Riesling, um, but uh, I'm I'm quite impressed. So so I'm I'm happy to do that. Now our second wine. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sorry I've folks, been... let me just have a minute here. I stuck my nose into the glass.
1: <laughs> I haven't done that yet. I'm just So really... I'm going to tell you
0: a little bit about the winery. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's this is a this is what we would call a big wine. So Checkmate is only a few years old. Uh, I believe their first vintage that they released was 2013, but it seems to me that the winery itself didn't open until 2015 or 2016. It might have even been mm-hmm. 2016. Um, I've been lucky enough to go several times and I've been spoiled every time. So if you want to go and visit them, as you should be, as I should be, if you want to go and visit Checkmate, which is down near Oliver in the Golden Mile, call ahead, email ahead, make an appointment. They will really appreciate it. You will get treated like gold. It's a beautiful winery. They have this amazing vista, Oh, like it's just, you can see the lake and the, vineyards and all of the other wineries dotted down, lower down the hill. They're Uh, at the top, are they? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They are at the top. So the von Mandel family, who are kind of um, BC wine royalty, um, lured Phil McGann from a very prestigious Sonoma winery Mm -hmm. to come and be the winemaker at Checkmate. The first time I met him, I said, "You know, so I don't mean to be a reverse snob, but why did you come?" And, <laughs> well, you know, he's he was at a very prestigious winery. He should he could have easily, I'm sure, stayed in California, gone to France, gone back to Australia. And he said, "With climate change, the Okanagan is really primed to be the gr- next great growing region." In cooler <laughs> in the world. Part of it is the altitude. The lake, uh, as you know, is deep and long mm-hmm. and is cooling in the summer and moderating in the the fall and winter. So he figures that this is just going to be the best climate to make the kind of wine that he wants to make.
1: Fantastic.
0: So the the by the nose of it, he's doing an incredible job. He's doing an incredible job. So they are they focused only on two grape varietals they make chardonnay and they make merlot
1: and it smells amazing oh it really does i'm already getting on the nose a little bit of coffee coffee and there's also like a (laughs) black cherry (laughs) so that too but there's like a almost uh, i don't want to say it like a medicinal fragrance that it's probably eucalyptus or something. And well, I think it's actually maybe it smells a little bit like balsamic, perhaps. Oh, that could be. Hmm. Um, it smells very complex. It's very complex. Very interesting.
0: So this is the Silent Bishop from 2014. For those of you who keep track of scores, it's a 93 point wine pretty much across the board. Woo! Yeah. Um... And it's a nice wine. It's a nice wine. And it's about $20 this way. The Silent Bishop retails around $85. So it's not an everyday drinker for somebody like me. Um, They do have Chardonnays that are considerably more expensive than that, but would easily um, compete with anything from California or Burgundy. So we'll see how they do. I I wish them nothing but the West. They make beautiful wine. They're lovely people. Uh, and I think Phil is a brilliant winemaker, and I think that this is just a really lovely wine. All you really need in life. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> a brilliant
0: little, wine and nice people. You know, maybe, maybe a nice baguette, a little piece of cheese. <laughs> that, that too. That too. Sometimes. <laughs> so, off the nose, I've got black cherry and cocoa
1: and tobacco. It's, it's the, it's, I think it's eucalyptus that I'm smelling. Maybe it's eucalyptus. It's Uh, really interesting. I'm going to take a sip. A little bit of clove. Some
0: nutmeg. It layers and layers and layers and layers and layers.
1: It really is. Layers and layers and layers and layers. So there's
0: tannin there, but it's beautifully integrated. And again, tannin is that thing that makes you pucker a little bit. So in this case, they're getting it from the skins and from the barrel. Um, the finish is, is quite long, uh, and it's quite an elegant wine. So as with any valley, there's east and west sides, and in B.C., because of the where the sun sets, the west side, which is where the Checkmate Winery is, has a little bit less sun because the sun sets behind the hills so this is just a little bit cooler not a lot but a little bit cooler because it's not getting that really late day setting sun and i think that that's helped to make this wine just a little bit softer Um, it's extremely approachable it's drinking beautifully now i'm sure you could lay it
1: down for five or ten more years but i think it's drinking beautifully now do is that common to still Lay bottles down for five to ten years it's do do because uh, from my impression is that most wines are made to be consumed immediately now right but and and many of them are certainly not um
0: not to the same degree in the old world as they are in North America. this wine is very approachable now it's drinking beautifully now will it will it improve I don't know what i don't we don't know um there's a lot of fruit there, so I think it could go. I don't think that I don't think it would. I don't think it'll fade at all. Um, in five years, in ten years, it will just be a little less bold and a little bit more elegant. But these wines are made that they can age. And again, uh, one of the things that's nice about Phil's wines is that, of of course, wine is meant to be consumed with food, but you don't really need a meal with this one. Like you don't there are wines where I've gone, well, you know, this would be so much better if I had a big hunk of lamb. I don't think that this needs that. I think that for people who just want to drink a beautiful red wine because they want to sit down and drink a beautiful red wine. Then this is a good it's a good choice.
1: Good choice here.
0: So I can see that your next planned trip is going to include more wineries. Definitely. (laughs) I hope so And again, it's a beautiful region to visit. And if you want to visit the aforementioned silk milk, mean, it's not far. So there's, there's a lot to see and do. And, uh, and they're making some beautiful wine and not just ice wine. Because, of course, everybody knows Canada for ice Either wine. By
1: their ice wine. Our ice wine. I Our ice say, wine. Yeah. And
0: Canada makes some of the best ice wine in the world. There's no question. And we'll do that one on another podcast.
1: It's a good idea.
0: Okay. But for cheers. now, cheers. I'm Ruth Blakely. I'm
1: Caroline Schwabbe. Thanks for listening.